0: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting
1: Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicke and as always I'm sitting here with Jess Perkins and Matt
1: Stewart. Hello. Hello! and I didn't know what was going to happen. Really? And that was it.
0: I, I reckon mean, anything. That no, was, was the word hello. No, <laughs> That was a good result, I reckon. Yeah. That was a great result. Well, <laughs> that was a real gamble.
1: I could have said some deep, dark secrets. <laughs> yeah, I imagine you said. <laughs> I could have said something
0: very pen. racist. Your pen or your pin. <laughs> <laughs> 7842. <laughs> I killed a cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I hate
1: my dad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, dad
0: listens, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't that know. was
0: just a joke, it's riff. A joke, yeah, joke riff. <laughs> you haven't killed a cat, and that is not your pin number. We assume. Mm. Uh, pin number, Dave. That's personal identification just number, a number number. number. Are you an idiot?
1: Why well, I said the number twice? Why um, I said the number twice? I
0: am an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm
2: actually, why do you ask? <laughs> <laughs> I put I plug it into the ATM machine, and I'm good to go. <laughs>
0: All right.
1: <laughs>
0: um, actually, Dave. <laughs> ah, very good. Hey, what's this show again? Do you, you never explain, Dave. Yeah, do you, you a explain
1: go? it, Dave. Because I
0: used to be the one that always explained it and I never did it good.
1: Okay. No, you never did it good. <laughs> right, well, here I go and I'm oh
2: going to do it good. It's so nice when it happens good. Okay. Uh, what this show is called is Do Go On. Mm-hmm. And uh, we take it in turns to report on a topic often suggested by a listener. And uh, the reporter, they've done the research, the other two people, they don't even know what the topic's going to be. This week it is my turn to report on that topic and to get onto topic we have a question. Okay. That was really good, Dave. It was great, Dave.
0: That's your best effort. You
1: did it. I was sw- life. Do you know what it was? Do you know what it was? He didn't get bogged down in the two of the three of us. Yeah. Yes.
0: Two of the three is, is a rocky road. Yeah. Don't drive down. <laughs> Dead end. Okay.
2: So my question to get us onto topic for you two is, I mentioned Victor Lustig, mm. one of my recent reports, is okay. the man who became famous after selling what building not once
1: but twice? Selling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you not re- I, 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 oh. Apple Tower? Yeah, it's I was going to say Tower. that. A, yeah. yes. It's the only
0: one we've done, but I do not remember it being sold. Is he the guy? Who so do
2: you remember it? that at the time I said uh, a lot of people will probably be wondering why I even mentioned Victor Lustig is famously oh, yes. associated with the building. Oh, yeah, yeah, I said, there's enough of this guy for his own report, and it is time for that report. Oh.
0: I don't remember ever anyone selling it. I do remember a few people boning it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and uh, jumping off it. Yes. Uh, jumping on it and jumping. <laughs> on it. I'll be only after wedlock, so you know. Mm. That's right. I mean, come on. It was all above board. <laughs> no little bastard buildings toddling about. Would <laughs> be very cute. That would be very cute. Hmm.
1: Well, well, this topic. Little mice could live in them.
0: <gasps> in the human building hybrids.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you don't want mice living in you, do you?
0: Well, I mean, you don't really want to be a. Do you want to be part building? Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. F- um, what
1: a ridiculous
0: question. That is a dumb <laughs> now. Do
1: I want to, to be part build yeah.
0: Obviously. If I could be part any building, it would be Melbourne's marvelous Rialto building. <laughs> <laughs> the jewel in Melbourne's skyline. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was about 20 to 30 years ago. <laughs> yes. Briefly. <laughs> it was briefly the largest, the tallest building in the Southern Hemisphere. Really? Yeah, for about In the, in the Southern Hemisphere?
2: Yeah. yeah. For about wow. six months. So it would about 11, 12 countries. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Cop <laughs> Antarctica.
1: <laughs> yeah, you fucking high- sky rise buildings.
0: They're sky
1: rise? Times. Am I okay? Yeah, that sounds right. Is that right. a thing? Isn't it? Or is it? Anyway,
0: High rise. Us. All right, now. Yeah, no, skyline high rise.
1: Dave, do go on, I reckon.
0: I, th- I think they're called high scrapers. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh,
2: this topic uh, was suggested by a few people and I'd like to thank uh, Brad Teasdale in uh, Yup, Victoria, Dominic Stevenson, also from uh, Victoria in Melbourne, Jonathan McGee from Frederick, Maryland, and uh, Dave Moraseki from Windermere, Florida. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much to those, uh, those people. So you don't know much about this guy, Victor Lustig.
1: No. no. I, in fact, I... Could I? I would have sworn I'd never heard that name.
2: No, <laughs> the, the moment I read it out and you were like, "What are you talking about?" That's when I thought
0: she doesn't remember. This. That was like I a month know, ago. As I well. don't
1: remember shit. I don't remember last week. Victor yeah.
0: Rustig. He liked the Eiffel Tower so nice he sold it twice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if I'd
2: said that, you would have remembered it.
0: Yeah, it's one of his things that he said.
2: All right, here we go. So, Count Victor Lustig.
0: on. I did it.
2: <laughs> right. Okay, he's a count. I like this. He was born in 1890 in what is now the Czech Republic. He came from a well-to-do family. His father was the mayor of the town and his lineage could be traced back to a long line of aristocrats who owned European castles. Victor was well-educated and consequently learned to speak five languages.
1: What a guy. Um, what languages? I was about to say how many languages. Five. Yes, but what were they? Do you yes. know? Yes. Czech. Yep. Yes. Spanish. Yep. Yes. Italian. Yep. Yes. Other. Latin. Yes, thank
2: you. Uh, How many languages do you speak? Uh, two English and other. Mm. Huh. Thank you. Uh, Latin. <laughs> well, I mean, Latin. I just can't remember the name for it. Well, that's that's one, one story told about Victor Lustig. Yeah. Another is that he was born into a peasant family, being forced to steal from the rich and greedy just to feed himself, and then he learned to
0: speak five languages. So that bit stealing, undisputed. That and is indisputed. Uh, Or one of those. Or maybe another M disputed? Well, a third... Omni-disputed. Another third uh, disputed fact is that he might not have been born of the Czech Republic at all. He might not have been born at all.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Keep that thought for the end of the show. Uh, He probably wasn't even called Victor Lustig. The only thing we do know for certain is that he did speak five languages. By the end of his run, this man uh, would have 47 aliases and dozens of fake passports. The real Victor is hard to pin down. (laughs) But that is kind of the point. He's a great wrestler. <laughs> he
1: would never be pinned. Covers himself in oil. <laughs> <laughs> little slippery little slippery sucker. Little sucker. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, he would go on to be the greatest grifter, conman and wrestler the world had ever known. And whilst we might never know the real victor behind the, s- the stories, we do know some of the audacious stunts that he successfully pulled off. And this is the story of the man who sold the Eiffel Tower not once, but twice.
0: So good. Well, I'm, tell you what, I'm fascinated. I'm in. I'll hear more.
1: I'm undecided.
2: Okay, great. On the fence here. I'll try and win you over mm. with some of my stories.
1: <laughs> some of your little
2: stories. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so what, okay, so what we do know about the man known as Victor Lustig is that in the early 1900s he turned to a life of crime. Mm. He was first a pickpocket, then a street
1: hustler, and then a full-fledged con man. That starts, isn't yeah. it? You don't start as a full-fledged con man, do
0: you? Pocketing's the gateway. <laughs> gateway crime. Mm. And it's like to pick the marijuana of crime, yeah. if you will. <laughs> and also, I couldn't fully tell you
2: what street hustling actually means, but it sounds real cool, so I put it yeah. in.
0: Hustling? Oh, that's my life. <laughs> Every day. Trust the huss. Another hashtag of mine. Every day on The first hustling. one i mentioned, but it's another one.
2: <laughs> uh, at first, the cons were pretty harmless. Mostly sleight of hand card tricks, conning people out of their money. Sort of shell game. How is stuff. that... Harmless. Hmm. Well, uh, is
1: his victim not harmed? Yeah. Well, you know, are uh, they not robbed?
2: Well, a fool and his money are easily parted. Am I right? To quote the Bible, I believe. Is that true?
0: Yeah, looked it up. The Bible of pickpocketing.
2: Yeah, that, well, we're going to talk about that as well. Great. Right. Oh my this god! Is god. This what good stuff? Uh, true Detective magazine describes Lustig's skills as quote: Lustig could make a deck of cards do everything but talk but he could make them
1: sing. <laughs> yeah, like he's just
2: uh, <laughs> holding him up going,
1: me, 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 <laughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> and People are
2: like, I'll pay you money to stop. And he's like, I've,
0: I've, <laughs> done, I've done it again. It's it <laughs> page three in the grifting book. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, so he travelled around Europe grifting and was arrested 45 times throughout the continent, but he used 22 different aliases and thus avoided serious jail time.
1: I couldn't think of 22 different names. Like, think of it like first and surname. Go, no, one Gre- Gary Henderson.
0: Greg oh. Gre- Gre- I love
1: George that. Washington. <laughs> William Shatner. <laughs> see, like, these are names. You can too. George Shatner. George Shatner. That's pretty funny.
2: <laughs> no, no relation to William. Well, what was our? Our uh, also had an alias last week. What
1: was his name? He
0: called himself like Jerry Bourbon or something. His real name was Andrew C Thornton II, and his fake ID said Andrew Bourbon, and he's from Bourbon, Kentucky. I like that Bourbon County. Kentucky.
1: Hello, I'm Jennifer Vodka. <laughs> <laughs> A shake
0: and not stirred.
1: Hello, I'm Tracy Gin and Tonic. <laughs>
0: Okay. I'm
1: bad at this.
0: I'd, yeah, Barry Beer. That's fun. <laughs>
1: Barry Beer. Barry Beer. <laughs> yeah, I guess like Maggie Beer.
0: There's a real guy called Gary Gary Beers. <laughs> yeah. That's He's true. one of the members of In Excess.
1: What? Gary <laughs> Gary
0: Beers. <laughs> Gary Gary Beers. Where's
1: the second Gary? In the middle. <laughs> no.
0: Oh, no. Let oh, it could be the first they're one.
1: They're both the first name. Both Ga- His name's Gary Gary. Gary Gary. How the fuck did I not know about Gary Gary? I don't
0: know. Why? Gary Gary Beer. He's on our flag. What? <laughs> he's an icon.
1: Gary Gary. I forget
0: which one he is. He's not He's not the guy with the glasses, though. He's also not Michael, he's Hutchins. not Michael Hutchinson. He's not Michael Hutchinson. What's the glasses guy name? With the pin pin moustache. Oh, this is infuriating Doesn't for matter. anybody at home who Sorry, does everybody. know. Don't
1: worry. <laughs> I'm trying to read Beck's lips and I can't. Do you know? Kirk, Kirk. Kirk. Pengilly. Oh, that's good stuff. Well done, Beck. I Bec. thought you said
0: Turkman Bashi. <laughs> he is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a very powerful individual.
1: So. Dave v- Brickwall. <laughs> Thank, that's pretty nice. Thank you. I'll go with that. But Victor Lustig. He- emergency exit. <laughs> I mean, you, you peaked early. Mm. With 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 Jess vodka,
2: (laughs) Um, so he's a master of uh, fake names. He's also a master of disguise and constantly reinvented his look using ever-changing facial hair and costumes that he carried
1: in a trunk. How jealous are you of his ever-changing facial hair? I'm ever-changing. How? What's changed? Some and none. (laughs) (laughs) That's two options. (laughs) That's two. Yes, you should shave part of it and then have a goatee. Oh, I'd love a goatee. You could you could have ever-changing for sure. Yeah. yeah, I think I've overtaken you.
0: Yeah,
2: you definitely, you definitely have. You definitely have. Dave, I cut mine back this morning, mate. Oh, great. This morning it was down here. <laughs> uh, I had a wizard's beard. Dave is pointing to his his <laughs> navel, <Yeah. laughs> and that's that's not being generous. I mean, it's more down here.
0: Ew! What am I pointing to? <laughs> pointing to his long. Shalom. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, <laughs> he's what, not wearing pants.
2: So, he carried a a, uh, a trunk of disguises. One moment he could be a suave businessman. The next he could be a rabbi or a priest. Suave
1: businessman is also one of his names.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> suave businessman <laughs> and his other name,
1: rabbi or priest. <laughs> Or priest. Charmed, I'm sure. <laughs> Hello, I'm rabbi.
0: Rabbi or priest. Whatever religion you are, I am that too. <laughs> uh, he, was, he could be That's a not f- smart. I'll <laughs> kill him out. Whatever religion you are, I'm a different one. <laughs> no more questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's the smart. That's
2: smart. Play. He could also be a bellhop or a porter. That was a common one he did. Dressed like a baggage man, he could escape any hotel in a pinch and
0: even take his luggage with him. Yeah, oh, great. Smart. That's good. <laughs> and that works as well for a rabbi. Famously carries bags. <laughs> could take All their, their baggage. religious gear in there. Yeah, that is true.
2: His two most uh, definitive features
0: were that he was fairly short. He was uh, five foot seven, as the best of us are. But this, I mean, this is a hundred years ago. Five seven would have been fairly really tall, taller, then, I reckon. Yeah.
2: Would I have been tall 100 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. I was born long after my time. I've said that before. And my beard was considered long 100 years
0: ago. I would have been a ruckman in the AFL 50 years ago. Now I'd be a short midfielder. Does that help you understand?
2: Thanks Thanks for that. Everyone understand? (laughs) Um, the other uh, definitive feature was the distinctive scar on his left cheekbone, a souvenir given to him after he was caught with another man's wife. Oh, no. Nice. Oh,
0: did he have to go into a shop to purchase <laughs> it? <laughs> <Put> it? right <laughs> I here. I took a good night last night with his man's wife. Uh, I'd really love something to remember it by. <laughs> what have you is, got in the way of scars? This is before tattoos. Okay. People used to scar themselves up.
2: Uh, this led to him being given the nickname, The Scarred. <laughs> the Scarred. The Scarred. The scarred.
1: Why don't just call him Scarface?
0: Was already taken by uh, the bad guy. I was already saw this sentence Al Capone. Through. Well, that, if I could zag when I was already zigging, yes, I would have said Al Capone. You, but I'm in uh, the middle of I saying say, the Lion King's brother. Oh. And, I, and I'm not, I can't get off this course. I can't. If you meant Al
2: Capone, that would be the third reference that we will call forward to in this report. I meant Al Capone. Al Capone.
0: <laughs> have you read this? Did you hack my Google Docs? Yeah, like some listeners think, uh, this is a (laughs) (laughs) pre-written, everything we say is from a script. Yeah, like okay. Jess
1: Vodka. <laughs> Let's get back, onto, uh, back on track, guys, okay? Page six, please. <laughs> yeah, page six. <laughs> this
2: and but one, good. two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, for a long
2: time, uh, this the scar was really the only conclusive thing that police in different cities around the world knew about him. So eventually he'd be wanted in 40 different US cities because he had these different aliases. People would be like, the guy with the scar, that was the only way that they'd be like, oh, you're talking about the same guy we're talking about. Yeah,
1: right.
0: There was one man in all of America with the a scar. scar. Also conning everyone, yeah.
1: How safe was everyone else? Ugh. And lucky, you know?
0: Oh, well, they call it the lucky country. No, they don't. That's Australia. That's yeah.
2: We don't have a scars, mate. Uh, Lustig took his street crime to the next level by travelling on transatlantic cruise liners between France and New York. He later claimed he only ever stole from the rich and greedy. And during this time, he exclusively conned first-class passengers looking to turn their fortunes into even larger fortunes. Right. So but he's a
1: real um, Robin Hood, if you will. Yeah, but he gives to himself. And he
2: was poor. Yeah,
1: he's poor, yeah, so okay. it counts. Until he gets wealthy and then he has to steal from himself yeah. as well. God, that must be confusing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> X time, be nightmare. <laughs> oh, he was an extremely
2: charming man. He would convince these wealthy travellers to invest in non-existent businesses. Right. One of his scams was supposed as a musical producer who sought investment in a Broadway production. They'd give him money as an investment, only to later discover that the musical never existed, by which time he'd disappeared forever. Yep. He, uh, his step up to full cons from symbol card proved to be very profitable, and he made a lot of money doing this on the cruise ships. His grifting uh, practice gave him extra confidence, and he even came up with the now widely published Ten Commandments for Conmen. So, the, no. basically the
0: Bible for Conmen. That's amazing. Wow. Just still. Any refer- highlights? Oh, I've got them here for you now. Yes, Thou please. shalt not not steal.
2: <laughs> That's number 1.
0: That's the big one. <laughs> it's quite confusing.
2: Uh he's is a uh, be a patient listener. It is this not fast talking that gets a con man his coos. Number 2, never look bored. Wait for the other person to reveal any political opinions and then agree with them. Let the other person reveal religious views then have the same ones. What are ah. you talking about? Hint at sex talk, but don't follow it up unless the other person shows a strong interest.
1: Hint at sex yeah. talk. How might one hint at yeah. sex talk?
0: Uh, you say you say a phrase that sounds sexy, but yeah. isn't. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, really right, I'm struggling <laughs> to think of an example <laughs> here. Um, uh, what? Uh, look at this uh, bottle that is below me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And then if they if they if they actually if they get a boner, you keep talking. <laughs> if not, you
1: abandon it. That's awful.
2: <laughs> you are the king of the con. It Look at this bottle below, below
1: me. me. <laughs> it took me a second to get it as well. And when I did, I was like, oh. It's the last of my respect for Matt. <laughs> it was such been, a tiny bit less. I've been saving that. It's special day. It's and spe- today is that day. It's especially good that you said something so creepy while your t-shirts, right? Oh up. no! Oh no! Oh no! Uh, oh, no. Uh, I'm just kidding. I still respect you. Why? I don't know. I was just being nice.
2: <laughs> I mean, over here, I'm.
1: I'm pretty turned on right
0: now after that it He's
1: got a boner. You can keep talking. talking.
0: I could not believe that I came up with anything there. No, you did well. You did well. I couldn't think of anything. (laughs) Slipped it in real, like no one would have even noticed. Look at this bottle. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, he's saying a normal sentence here. Let's see where this goes. It is below me. (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh, I see you're interested in this sex store.
1: <laughs> Let me continue.
0: <laughs> well, and then you realise it was just the bottle they were interested in. Yeah. yeah, tell me more about this that bottle. What is a sex? Would you like bottle. to invest in this bottle?
1: Uh, that was
2: the, great. The final two uh, ones that Matt has not been heating. Uh, never be untidy. <laughs> Shirt riding up there. Never be untidy. And uh, the other one is
1: never get drunk. Oh. <laughs>
2: Jess vodka over here.
0: Jess <laughs> vodka. No,
1: last time I was Jess mar- margarita.
0: <laughs> Beer pizza.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are my two favourite things: margarita pizza and a margarita cocktail. Oh, really? Yeah, fuck yeah! That's a perfect night for me.
0: And probably vanilla ice cream and other basic things like that. Okay, it's just opening up and sharing something with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just dropping hints in case you ever wanted to surprise me with a nice night. Honu-
0: honestly, the last little bit of respect I had for you. <laughs> <is
1: gone. laughs>
0: Margarita. What do you prefer, a Hawaiian and a beer? <laughs>
2: that's, that's your ideal
0: yeah. night. <laughs> yeah. It is. It, I know it is. It actually is. If you, if you want me, I'll be at the front of the plane. First class. <laughs> 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 Where we have pineapple on our pizza. <laughs> well, well, sadly... All good things
2: must come to an end. What? Oh, wow. Which I mean, cruise liners of the day, which were suspended in the wake of World War I. So we had to Holy give up travelling with these oh. first class people grifting.
0: Oh, grifters would be having a tough time right now. They'd be yeah. having, to, having to grift people in their lounge room.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> On, it'd be now, all online scams. Oh, online scams
0: are doing pretty well.
1: Yeah.
2: So Victor needed some new people to grift. Eventually, he set his sights on America in the roaring 20s. Everyone seemed to be getting rich from the ever-growing stock market, and Lustig wanted in on the action. He wasn't the only one with this idea. Many smooth-talking European con men had moved to the land of the free to try their hand at ripping off off the rich. During this time, Italian man Charles Ponzi, who the famous (gasps) Ponzi scheme is named after, was also operating
0: and ripping people off with his his scheme.
1: Why did I not...
0: I did not know I that. Didn't, I did not know it was named after a, a single dude. That is my, that's best fact so far. Yeah, Charles I don't know Ponzi. why that blew my mind. But <laughs> Isn't it it's crazy? It's obvious now that you've said it. Yeah, of course. I thought it was Latin for grift.
1: <laughs> well, it's, I speak Because it speak sounds Latin. like like a synonym for like dodgy. Yeah, because we've heard it so, so Totally. Long, but, yeah. but, it, but it sounds like yeah, it. Yeah, 100 years ago
2: there was actually a guy called Charles Ponzi who was getting people to invest and he was doing the thing where he was um, giving the old people money from the new people so they look like they're tripling yes. their investment but they weren't really and then it all collapsed and he went to jail so these smooth talkers uh, called their would-be victims marks and on f- the face of things they were true gentlemen never resorting to violence again from true detective magazine here yeah. lustig was a man who society took by one hand the underworld by the other a flesh and blood jekyll and hyde so, he'd, he on the face of things, he'd look very respectable. Yeah, right. Very expensive suits, that kind of thing. But then,
0: really, he'd be ripping people off and also know all the criminals of the world as well. Because, yeah, if you see someone in an expensive suit, you're like, well, that's a good person. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's what right? I assume, Do yeah. You think that? And an th-
0: expensive suit, oh my gosh. The more pinstripes they have, the better.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Really thick pinstripes.
0: Mm, Yeah. It's almost a white suit. It's a block colour. (laughs) Yeah, white suits. They're most respectable. Yeah. Uh, Especially if you're some sort of a colonel. Yes. (laughs) Any sort of high ranking in the chicken uh, roasting industry. (laughs) Do you think he's a a colonel of chickens? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Isn't he? Is he not? Is he not a colonel of fast food?
2: Salute me, chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Drop and give me 20. <laughs> eggs. <laughs> yeah, right now. I them. too many eggs. I'm making it a big omelette. Uh, Lustig married a woman from Kansas named Roberta Noray, but also raised a secret family.
0: So everything was secret, even his family. Secret second family yeah. or secret first family? Secret second. I love the idea of a secret first family.
2: Yeah. His wife doesn't know.
0: <laughs> She's never been in the back room. <laughs> go out there. You won't like what you see. It's a mess. It's finger painting day. <laughs>
1: Every day, finger painting guy.
2: She's like, I gave birth to those finger painters. No, you didn't. <laughs> so he traveled all over North America, and in 1922, Lustig went to Missouri and showed interest in an old farm that a bank had repossessed. It was run down and dilapid- uh, dilapidated, and no one wanted to buy it. Calling himself Count Victor Lustig, his most famous alias, he claimed to come from Austrian nobility that had been overthrown in the First World War, and now with his remaining fortune, he planned to rebuild his life in the USA. And live as a farmer. Okay. The bank was stoked. No one else wanted to buy the farm and he was willing to pay top dollar for it. They thought they'd found a sucker.
1: If no one else wanted to, pay, wanted to buy it, why are you offering top dollar? Because he,
2: well, it's
1: part of the grift.
2: Okay. He wants, th- he wants them to think, wow, this guy's really rich.
0: Right. And dumb and a and bad dumb. negotiator. Yeah. yeah. So we got a sucker. Yeah, that's that must be satisfying when you're sucking someone in. And they're like, oh, this sucker, we yeah. got him. We yeah,
2: got sure. Him. You want to pay top dollar for this piece of shit? I mean, lovely farm. Yes. So has the Great Depression hit now? Or are we still uh, not the, not
0: quite. It's still roaring.
2: Still well, I mean, the farm's been repossessed, but for for many people, the stock market is still building. Uh, so Victor offered them twenty two thousand dollars in bonds, which they accepted. Uh, paper bonds,
0: and he also convinced okay. them to. Okay, so this is underwear we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Paper underwear. Paper underwear. Yeah. Bonds. That's how bonds started. Yeah, the first manufactured underwear was made out paper, of paper. Yeah.
2: Uh, He also asked to exchange $10,000 of bonds for cash so he could set up the farm. Of course, they trusted this wealthy Austrian nobleman and they gave him the money in an envelope. After shaking their hands and bidding the bankers adieu, Lustig used sleight of hand to swap both the envelopes so so he got both the cash and the bonds and he walked out.
0: So now he hasn't paid a cent. When the bank found out they so what did they ha- so they <laughs> they 're now holding nothing yeah. well we 've got the envelope here <laughs> <laughs> sucker <laughs> no i 'm sure it 's got some a third envelope, got like paper
2: in it or something, right. and they think, oh great, 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 and when they go back to the paper bank underpants yeah go back to the bank, they find out they 're of course furious. They sent a private investigator to track down the swindler, but Lustig made no real effort to conceal himself and was found soon after in a New York hotel room. He was fully cooperative and allowed himself to be arrested by the detective and was on his way back to
0: the Missouri bank when he started talking. Right. So so the farm, he never even wanted the farm. No, he just wanted the that money. Cash. That's get that, so smart. Get the, the that's, a real, that's a real sleight of hand thing. You think I want this farm? Yeah. What I'm really doing is stealing that envelope. Your money.
2: But now he's on the way back
0: uh, to the Missouri bank and he starts
2: talking to the people who have captured him. He convinced his captors that if they pressed charges against him, it would look terrible for the bank that they'd been suckered so easily. And that there would be a run on the bank by its users who would panic and withdraw all their money from this shitty bank which would lead the bank to collapse. Yeah, right. He, argued. he convinced them to let him go and to give him an extra $1,000 for the inconvenience they've caused him and to keep him quiet, which they did. <laughs> so he kept the 10 grand and got another $1,000 and they never saw him again.
0: That's a good grip. He was just a good talker. That's great. That's a victimless crime, obviously apart from the bank.
1: Apart from the bank. But it's a bank, who cares? That's the type of building I
0: would want to be. A bank. I'd a be bank. full of
1: money. Right.
0: Where would you, have, would you have a bank midsection? Yes. So. And the legs. ATM
1: would be my butt. <laughs> She's cashing out. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that would be confusing actually. Maybe not my butt. Maybe like maybe just in my in my tummy bit. You go boop 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 and cash comes out.
0: If you were cashing out from your butt, it would all be number two bills. So, we, we are doing an edit on this episode.
1: Right <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sound, yeah. Sound edit- Everybody watching live, edit that out of your brain.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that they didn't support me. Normally, I laugh at their bad jokes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is not
0: true. That's not true. <laughs> They really caught me out on that
2: gift. <laughs> Well, I've got another grift for you here. Not long after, Victor was in Montreal and Mark a banker named Linus Merton. Oh,
0: that's so Mark good. Mark DeBanker's a good name.
1: Mark de Banker.
2: <laughs> Sean DePaul, Mark DeBanker, Banker, my two favourite rappers.
1: <laughs> Mark de Banker. Oh. That's cool. And it sounds that's a good. bit more European. Yeah.
2: So he marked Linus Merton this banker. Victor got a friend, a talented pickpocket, to steal Merton's uh, pocket watch. 24 hours later, Victor Lustig returned the watch to Merton to gain his friendship and win his trust.
1: That's so, how I... Oh,
2: you've f- lost a pocket watch. Oh, I found it. Yeah, great. Oh, get talking. Oh, I'm really nice. I'm really charming. What's your religious view? I agree. <laughs> All this kind of stuff.
1: I've made heaps of friends by um finding shit and returning it to them. For
2: sure. how you've ripped
1: people off. No, it's just well, how you, I've how made friends.
2: Suck. That's actually how we met, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You yeah. returned that uh, drink bottle that I thought I'd lost. Yeah. I found it. No a way, you kind of are, you know, you're stealing something from Dave. His heart. Yeah. <laughs> Give it back. Yeah. No. <laughs> he stole it through sleight of hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no.
1: <laughs> My heart.
2: Oh, uh, The two men got chatting and Lustig again claimed to be an Austrian nobleman and told Merton how he'd been earning money since he lost his family's fortune during the war. He claimed that uh, his cousin Emil worked as a bookie. In those days, the horses raced and then the winners were radiated back to betting agencies, sometimes in different countries. And Lustig claimed his cousin Emil was able to intercept the radio wires before the local betting agency closed so they could quickly put a bet on and know the winner. Oh.
0: That's good.
2: Emil hears it and there's a... Over there, that's still open. You put the money down; you guaranteed winner. They showed Merton the scheme, and of course, he was very happy to get involved. They did this for a few days, and Merton was stoked to be winning every single day. But then, sadly, one day, Victor claimed that their golden goose Emil, that knew all the winners in advance, had to quit his job because his wife was sick and they had to move. So, claiming that the scheme was coming to an end, Lustig convinced the banker Merton to place one last huge bet, and he put thirty thousand dollars on a horse, which, of course, lost. So, Merton lost all his money. Oh, no. Lustig then disappeared only for Merton to discover that the whole bookie joint was a setup. So, it was a fake bookie. So, Lustig and his associates kept the $30,000. Yep.
0: Yeah. It's it's a, yeah. It's an interesting one because you've you've conned a guy who thinks he's conning again. Yeah. So, he's sort of – it's hard for him to be like, hey, this is unfair. Yeah. I was trying to con. Yeah. But I got conned? That's not on.
1: Hey, come on now. There's got to be a line.
0: Yeah, and then it's just on the other side of me.
1: Yeah, (laughs) obviously I'm fine,
0: but... My heart was in the right place.
1: (laughs) Probably his most
2: famous con occurred in 1925. Lustig had moved to Paris, checking into a swanky hotel, pretending
0: to be an official representative of the French government. Oh, yes. 1925, a good year. Also, I think that was a year that a few teams joined the VFL, becoming the AFL. Hawthorne, Richmond and the Bulldogs, I believe. Really? Fun fact.
1: It is a
2: fun fact. It's so fun I'd like to fact check it now. No, Why would I bother?
1: (laughs) 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 Who who would care?
0: (laughs) Who would care enough to know? It wasn't Richmond. Anyway, maybe North Melbourne. Maybe not even that year. But a fun fact all the same.
2: (laughs) One day whilst reading the newspaper, the idea suddenly hit him. The article that inspired the con discussed the problems with the upkeek... Upkeek? Upkeep of the Eiffel Tower, which, as you might remember from my report, wasn't supposed to stay up forever. That's right.
1: It's How ma- long was it supposed to be up for?
2: Twenty years. Right. Okay. It was still a decent. Then they're going to pull it. But then listen to the whole report on the Eiffel Tower. If you want to hear more, but yeah, they basically kept it up uh, because it was a good radio beacon, radio yeah. tower, and then it became iconic. But uh, its maintenance and upkeep at this time in 1925, uh, and the paint was proving to be quite expensive. So the article even mentioned that some people had called for the tower to be removed. Uh, rather than the maintenance be paid for. So Lustig got a friend to forge official-looking French documents and then use the documents to write to the top people in the French scrap metal industry, inviting them to the hotel for a top-secret meeting. Ooh. The Hotel Creon had been chosen a, as it had a reputation for government deals being done there, so it looked very a fish. Once gathered, Lustig told the men... Because of engineering faults, costly repairs and political problems I cannot discuss, the tearing down of the Eiffel Tower has become mandatory. The highest bidder would be in charge of tearing it down, but would own the tower's valuable iron. He told the men that they'd been chosen because of their reputation as honest businessmen. Wow. (laughs) And swore them to secrecy as pulling down the tower was pretty controversial in some people's eyes. So he said, this doesn't leave this room, but you you could...
0: Being in this deal and i trust you because you are honest that's a good con That's really good just, I don't think this is this guy's good at what you he
1: can't does. talk about it because then you might figure out that it's bullshit yeah yeah yeah
0: uh, <laughs> Don't. So, don't let's just anyone.
1: keep it between us if okay talk, honest businessmen
0: if you talk to anyone they would deny it because yeah. this is top secret they say it's not that's not that's not true yeah but that's exactly what they want you to think but they're wrong yeah. I oh, don't even bother telling them.
1: Don't, yeah. Like, just don't even open that can of worms, lie, you know? Yeah. It'll just be such a tedious conversation for you to have. So, and just save yourself the tr- Yeah. Save yourself the trouble. You the trouble. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, from one <laughs> honest businessman to another. <laughs>
2: well, these honest businessmen were convinced, and privately they started bidding, uh, b- the bidding war, making large offers. Wow. But Lustig wasn't interested in the man with the highest bid, but rather with the man that he felt he could sucker the best. Of all the men that were interested, Lustig closed in on a man called Andre Poisson and made him his mark. Can I please call him Andre Croissant? <laughs> yes. Croissant. Croissant. Andre P- Croissant. Thank you. If it was, because I'm having a total guess there at Poisson. But it sounded good, didn't it? Yeah, it sounded yeah, pretty it has good. How's it Uh
1: Poisson. Uh-huh. Ah, yes. Yeah, no, I think
2: you're right. Which I think yeah, you've you. done it right, yeah. According to Medium.com, Mr Poisson was unsure of himself but anxious to make his mark in the Paris industry. When Mr Poisson came in for his second meeting, he confessed that his wife had some doubts and he wasn't sure if he he should go ahead with the bid. Lustig responded by saying that he himself was just a lowly government official and that he was underpaid himself and implied that if Poisson added a little bit on top of his offer, Lustig could guarantee him the contract. Right. Mr Poisson knew government officials were often corrupt and he interpreted this as Lustig asking for a bribe, which gave him confidence that it was legit. <laughs> and therefore, the contract should go ahead. Wow. Like, so, a man who wanted a bribe would say that. <laughs> yeah. oh, I reckon I can trust this guy. So he not only paid for the Eiffel Tower, but he added a bribe on top. Incredible. Which has all gone to Lustig. Once Poisson paid up the cash, Lustig was on a train to Austria. Just imagine him with a suitcase full of money. He reasoned that a man like Poisson would be too ashamed and embarrassed to go to the police reporting that he'd paid for the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) From Austria, Lustig kept an eye on the papers but heard nothing of the con. He was right. Poisson was too embarrassed and he never reported the crime.
1: Just lost all that money. Yeah. So how did did it come out? Well, because um,
2: Lustig lived like a king for a while before deciding... The coast was clear and he headed back to Paris to try and sell the Eiffel Tower a second time.
1: What? How, how long in between? A few months. You're Not joking. crazy. Not a long time. That's way too Because sad. He was like, well, that
2: guy is yeah, too embarrassed to be telling his friends about this. No one's going to hear. I, I've, only five men know about this and they're all, you know, no one's going to talk about it. So he pulled off the same scam, inviting five men to buy it and he picked his mark. Sadly for him, Lustig wasn't lucky this time as uh, the mark went to the police After he ran away with the money, and the story exploded in newspapers across Europe, and uh, luckily, but it did work again. Yeah, he got the money. Oh my god! Then he was reported. He was like, and then that's when the story came out in the newspapers, and he became very famous as the guy who sold it not once, but twice. But he got he travelled back to the USA and got away before he was arrested. What? Yeah, he's amazing. So that's his most famous grift, but his mo- not his most famous mark. The Great Depression hit and wealthy individuals came harder to come by. So can you believe that our man Victor was so confident that he once grifted one of the most notorious men of his day, Al Capone? No. Whoa. <laughs> okay, Scarface. So Scarface and the Scarred. Incredible. Lustig knew that if he was caught betraying the most powerful gangster in the biz, he'd face certain death. So he decided a new approach. He asked Capone for $50,000 to invest in a new business... Lustig took the money and put it in a safety deposit box, and he left it there for two months. Didn't touch it. After two months, he withdrew the same money, took it back to Capone, and apologized that the business deal had fallen through. Capone was taken aback by what he perceived as the man's honesty. He told him he'd never dealt with an honest man before. He's like most people, if the business had fallen through, would have run away with the money, or most people would have taken, you know, would have taken the money. But you came back to me, and I, I appreciate
1: that.
0: Yeah. Right. Lustig then told him a low bar for <laughs> honesty, doesn't he? That was
1: a real gamble.
2: He then told him about his own financial hardship from the deal, deal falling through, and Capone gave him money to tide him over. He made five thousand dollars from Al Capone this way. So Al Capone
1: just gave him money, that, and that was the con all along. Wow! To so look honest. See, that's a total gamble because he could have, like, he could have been like, "Oh, it fell through," and and he could have killed him or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, if you believe gangster movies and TV shows. You're fucked. Yeah, gangsters are often, you know, they're not that logical.
1: No, or nice.
0: Mm. If gonna...
1: anything, I'd say they're a bit nasty.
0: Yeah, they can be.
1: That's my hot take. And it's, yeah.
0: Mean. It's probably a bit unfortunate that we have to sort of um, put a blanket.
1: Yeah, I hate to generalise.
0: Generalise about.
1: Generally, I hate to generalise, but.
0: Yeah, but I'm going to make an, ex- an exception here.
1: They're nasty.
0: They can be nasty. They're
1: bad. Can they be can bad. Can be bad. bad please. They can be mean. Not
0: Al Capone, obviously. No, not Al Capone. He's
1: oh God, exception. no, not Al Capone.
0: The exception that proves the rule, <laughs> which I never understood what that means. How is that a thing? You know that saying? Exception be... that proves the rule. Oh, that's the exception that proves the rule. I've never heard that. Okay, did I make it up? Maybe. Is it a family saying? Uh, like Ugh, <laughs> not again.
1: Not <laughs> again.
0: Anyway, I'll Google that
2: later
1: Yeah Have you ever heard that, Dave?
2: The exception that proves the rule I actually have heard that one Okay Thank
1: God (laughs) You could have piped up minutes ago I was enjoying watching Matt
2: uh, freak out about his family saying Which sold a pup turns out to be an absolute Yeah,
0: a real old saying Which makes sense Because
2: your family's very old Yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) We go back for, you know, generations Whoa
2: Hang on, your family goes back generations
0: Yeah, it does At least three or four Wow. Yeah.
1: How did we? How did we not know this? Yeah. That's crazy. Well, you know, after
2: four years, you start learning things, new things. Yeah. About
1: it is nice. You know, it's nice so that we don't know everything about each other. Still, yeah. there's still things to uncover.
0: You know. I'm I'm what they call old money, without the money part. I'm old. You're
1: old. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm new money. Yeah. Without the money.
0: Yeah. I'm just new. You're new. You're real fresh. I'm
1: so fresh. Fresh vibe. Thank you. I just showered. Yeah. And I'm just money. (laughs) That's kind
2: of true. Just Dave here dropping in to tell you that this week's episode of Do Go On is brought to you by ExpressVPN. All right. So we all know ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available online in other countries. With what's going on at the moment, many of us are stuck at home and it's only a matter of time until you run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. But here's a little tip on how you can make Netflix work more for you. This whole week, I've been using ExpressVPN to binge watch Doctor Who on the UK Netflix, despite the fact that I live in Australia, where Doctor Who isn't available on Netflix. Man, I've been watching season one again of the reboot with Christopher Eccleston. Uh, One of life's great tragedies that he only did one season of Doctor Who. You might be wondering, how the hell do you do that? Well, it is so simple. All you do is you fire up your ExpressVPN app, change your location to another country, UK, for example. You refresh Netflix, and that's it. ExpressVPN does the work for you by hiding your IP address, internet protocol, and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. So you can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries that you can go through. And it's not just Netflix either. It works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, I can get on there. YouTube, you name it. And there are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason I use ExpressVPN to, to watch shows is because it's ridiculously fast. You don't get any buffering or lag or anything like that, and you can stream in HD, no wuckers. Okay, so let's break this down. If you visit my special link right now at expressvpn.com slash do go you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. You'll be supporting the show. You can watch what you want and you can protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com slash do go on. One more time, that's expressvpn.com slash do go on. All right, I've got to get back to the podcast. And after that, it's back to the main man, Christopher Eccleston. Bye.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot,
2: Spelt R-U-M, Romanian okay. box. I was going to pick up on that. Not a Romanian
1: box. Romanian.
2: Ruma- which is a small wooden box fashioned from cedar wood with uh, complicated looking rollers and brass dials all over it. Lustig claimed that the box was able to copy any bank note fed into it using radium, <laughs> which was discovered by Mara Curie. No. As well as penicillin. Thank you. No. <laughs> he would demonstrate his device to his marks, often aided by his
0: sidekick... Dapper Dan Collins. Fuck you.
1: Yes. Dapper Dan.
0: Isn't I'm pretty sure Dapper Dan's was the brand of pomade or hair gel from Oh Brother Where Art There.
1: Oh, okay. You're right. Really? Also, all that I can think about with Dapper at the moment, and a lot of people at home um, might relate, because I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing, and every time you catch a red snapper – because there's a pun for every fish, and when you catch a red stepper, it says it looks pretty dapper, and I'm broken it because of this.
0: <laughs> I like I famously rhyme. don't understand puns, but I'm confident that's not one.
1: No, I'm sure it is.
0: Okay, well I'm convinced. It's not a pun. <laughs> But Dapper
2: Dan Collins, you think there's no way that that could get any cooler, right? God, no. Well, the New York Times describes him as, quote, Oh, my God. A former circus lion tamer and death-defying bicycle rider. Yes. (laughs) And now he's turned to Collins. Dapper Dan Collins.
1: Dapper Dan is my dream man. Oh, I reckon. He is
2: incredible.
1: Is he single? (laughs) Probably dead, eh?
2: Yeah, which means he's up for grabs. (laughs)
0: Can't claim the debt. Famously. Also quoting the Bible. Public domain 50 years after (laughs) a body dies. Anyone can have it. Ooh.
2: Uh, Lustig and Dapper Dan would demonstrate the box to the mark, saying that it would take six hours
0: to copy any banknote.
1: One note. Six hours. If
0: anyone's believing, this is the dumbest of all, right? They'd put in a $100 note and then pull out another one that was printed. That's like a magic box, is what they're saying. Yeah,
2: it's a magic box. Really, it was the hundred dollar note was in there the whole time. They'd have a few stuffed in there. The marks would then pay tens of thousands of dollars for the machine. I saw somewhere that someone paid over two hundred thousand dollars for one of these machines.
1: To double their money.
0: Yeah. Well they could just keep doubling it, right? Yeah,
2: you do it every six hours forever. They'd put a few hundred dollar bills inside, which would give Lustig and Dapper Dan time to get away because every six hours they'd pull out a new one and be like, this is still going. You know, that would give himself a 24-hour head start. And he sold heaps of these machines and got very, very rich. And eventually they'd, it would, they'd start realising that there's no way. Eventually. <laughs>
1: How could you be so fucking dumb? <laughs> you deserve to lose all your money, well, you he,
2: dumb shit. He's, he would say, you know, I only con rich and very greedy people.
1: How did you get that much money by being so fucking dumb mm. That's outrageous
0: Yeah, I guess it was a different time Maybe before they realised magic boxes don't exist <laughs>
2: <It> <laughs> I remember the day the... I discovered <laughs> I think it was
0: around the same time that Jack and the Beanstalk was set With the golden <laughs> goose and whatnot Is that another... That's a real story, right?
2: Is that a pun? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, he may have been pushing his luck there when he sold the device to a Texas sheriff I, Yeah, okay he got very confident over his life. When the sheriff discovered he'd been duped, he followed Lustig to Chicago. Where well, Lustig told the sheriff that he'd been using the device incorrectly. So
1: why did the sheriff buy or get that device? Because just printing money is illegal. Oh, yeah, he's happy to break the law, but he just doesn't want to be duped. He deserves to be duped.
2: So he said, mate, you're using it all wrong. He used, did a couple more demonstrations and said, oh, it shows him. And he said... Because of the trouble I've caused you, I'll
0: give you thousands of dollars of compensation. I'll give you a lot of the money back. I mean, if you believe he's, but he's you're giving him a device that can print money. Why would that make any sense?
2: Well, yeah, no, he just he showed him, no, it works like this. Also, he a bit more money
0: because of the inconvenience caused. Here's a few that I prepared earlier. Yeah. Oh, money means nothing to me. To be honest, why would you buy something off me? I have a machine that makes money. Yeah. If you think about it, it makes no sense that I would want you to pay me for something that I can make easily with this magic box. It makes no sense at all. Is that guy, uh, the Texas sheriff, did he have a big ten gallon hat and shoot pistols into the yeah, sky? Sure.
2: <laughs> that may have been why he gave him a lot of money. Yeah. Of course the sheriff was happy until he discovered that the money was all fake. So this connected Lustig to fake money that federal authorities had been tracing for a long time. So a lot of he so Lustig had started printing fake money
0: and then the government became aware of it, but they had no idea where it was coming from. Now they had and a bit of a, a connection. And he's got a, now he's got a cop who wants vengeance against him. That's smart. Good, smart. Smart. Uh, smart Victor.
2: One of the agents later wrote, he was the only one I ever saw or ever heard of who swindled the law. Because that's how confident he was. He yeah. would swindle anyone. It's so dumb. So now Victor was connected to fake money, he'd gone into partnership with two men from Nebraska, a pharmacist named William Watts and a chemist named Tom Shaw, to conduct a large-scale counterfeiting operation. They created thousands of dollars worth of fake $100 bills, forgeries that were so good that they even fooled bank tellers. It was considered brave to copy $100 bills because they were the most heavily scrutinised by the bank as they're worth the most, but even they passed. Wow. Wow. The men released so much money over a period of five years. According to the Smithsonian, quote, it was feared that a run of fake bills this large could wobble international confidence in the United States dollar.
1: (laughs) Wobble.
0: Don't wobble it.
1: Don't wobble it. I love the word wobble. Wobble. And you know what else I love? Wiggle.
0: Wiggle and wobble.
1: Oh, man, so
2: good. Two uh, words that sound sexy but actually aren't.
1: I think Wobble is incredibly sexy. Hey,
0: look at this bottle below (laughs) me. Watch it
1: wobble.
2: (laughs) 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 Uh, Sadly, all good things must come to an end, by which I mean the run of the greatest con man in history.
1: You really you keep using that in... You're starting to con us a little. Context (laughs) we're not used to it in, and it's... (laughs) <laughs> You're the boy who cried, Dead. all good
2: things must end. And it's going to come a few more times. I'm using it as a, a recurring trope in this episode. Uh, the mistake he made wasn't uh, with his mark, but with his girlfriend. Ah. His lover thought he was cheating
0: on her, so she dobbed
2: Lustig into the police. Mm. On May 10th,
1: We've 19- all been there, right, ladies?
0: <laughs> she went out into her back room and saw his secret first family. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, what the fuck? On May 10th, 1935, Lustig was arrested in New York and charged with counterfeiting. He was cool, calm, and collected, and admitted that his partners were counterfeiting money, but he claimed to have nothing to do with it. He had a suitcase with him, which was searched and found to only contain expensive clothing. <laughs> it was a crime to be fashionable.
1: <laughs> Lock the me up <laughs>
2: <laughs> Lock me up officer I wish he'd said that He looked pretty clean until they found a key on him That was traced back to a locker in Times Square That was found to contain over $50,000 in fake notes As well as plates used to print the forgeries So they'd got him
1: And at this time this is an insane amount of money right like oh, So much so much. yeah.
2: Like a million dollars sitting there that's yeah. fake. So they'd got him for a few months. Ooh. A few months later, Lustig uh, escaped from the inescapable federal detention centre in Manhattan. Quoting from a Smithsonian article that I'll link to in the show notes, they worded it so well. He fashioned a rope from uh, bed sheets, cut through his bars and swung from the window like an urban Tarzan. What do you mean he cut yeah, through, through, his through his bars? Yeah, cut through
0: his bars. How'd he cut through his bars, Dave? It's not in the quote, mate. <laughs> did, never he do it, did he fashion a saw out <laughs> of some sheets?
2: You never interrupt a Smithsonian article. Right,
1: sorry, sorry, sorry,
2: uh, When a group of onlookers stopped and pointed, the prisoner took a rag from his pocket and pretended to be a window cleaner. No. <laughs> Landing on his feet, lusty gave his audience a polite bow and sprinted away, quote, like a deer.
1: So quite bouncy? Yeah. No, on all fours. Without me. <laughs> <laughs> he turned into a deer.
0: I hope the window he was wiping was a mime window That would have been fun Then he put a hat down (laughs) Made a bit of cash And he ran And an ordeal ran away He uh, escaped
2: for 27 days before being spotted getting into a car The FBI gave chase for nine blocks But Lustig's driver refused to stop Eventually, the FBI were given permission to ram the runaway car off the road. The car was forced off the road, guns were drawn, and Lustig's car door was flung open. He calmly surrendered with the words, Well, boys, here I am. (laughs) What a guy. What a guy.
0: Is this your car? (laughs) (laughs) That would have been so good.
2: (laughs) He had a well-publicised trial, and one of the journalists wrote that they heard one of the Secret Service agents say to the accused,
0: I love this, Count, you're the smoothest con man that ever lived. He was hairless. Um, that's something that <laughs> hasn't come up before now, but he was hairless and would also bathe in oil. Yeah, that's why he was so slippery.
1: He had a really... Um, Couldn't bend him. Yeah, like a really... He was very dedicated to his skincare routine. Yes. And also just a bit of self-care. Do you self-care. know what I mean?
0: Self-care, skincare, he was big two.
1: pampering himself, which I respect.
2: He was... He certainly wasn't pampered in prison though because Lustig was sentenced to 20 years uh, in jail for his crimes and uh, escaping the prison. He was forced to serve his time on the notorious Alcatraz Island. Which we've done a report about? Uh, We did the escape from Alcatraz, that's right. Was he involved in that? Which we've done a report
1: about, I think? (laughs) Uh,
2: It said that he had a postcard of the Eiffel Tower taped on his cell wall with the words, sold for 100,000 francs
0: written on it. Whoa. What does that mean?
1: Just a happy memory. Yeah, just a memory. Like, I sold that.
0: Yeah. Cool, uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: man. You've also got secret families. Have a picture of them. <laughs> yeah. You freak.
0: And you're in jail, mate. Yeah. How good were you at it? Yeah.
1: Really? You got
2: caught, didn't you, dickhead? Yeah. He was a uh, prisoner 300 on the island and referred to on paperwork. round
0: number there, Bob. You like that?
2: I really do. Paperwork interned, uh, interned him as uh, Robert V. Miller. Oh. So that was one of his aliases, possibly his real one. We don't really know. Wow. He was in prison on the island for the next 11 years, and during that time he made 1,192 medical requests and filled 507 prescriptions, most of which were ignored as fake illnesses used to con-
0: uh, concoct an escape plan. They thought he was just faking it. Oh, I'm really sick. I need a boat and uh, a saw um, and Um, a helicopter.
1: (laughs) And for everyone to just look over there for a bit.
0: And sorry, yeah, it is a weird Um. new disease.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Eventually he was
2: examined after 11 years and found to not be faking it and he was transferred to a medical facility. Sadly, all good things must come to an end, by which I mean the life of the greatest con man who ever lived. The man known to history as Count Victor Lustig died of pneumonia on March 11, 1947. His death certificate listed him as an apprentice salesman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, that's where his life ended, but a wow. bit of a postscript. In March 2015... Bringing things back to what Matt said at the start of the episode, a historian um, Thomas Andel from Lustig's supposed hometown of Hostin in the Czech Republic began an exhaustive search of information on when he was born, trying to find some evidence. He wasn't listed as ever attending the local primary school. And after much research, Andel concluded that there is not a scrap of evidence that Lustig was
0: ever born. is what you
2: said at the start of the episode. He was Wait. never born.
0: So this what so and then if you go to his grave, it's just bed sheets bundled together. He <laughs> was never even a real person. And then there's like a montage flashing back, and a cop's being swindled by bed sheets. <laughs> <laughs> and the cop's going, "Yes, I will buy this." <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> my God, that's the smoothest <laughs> cheat I've ever made.
1: What kind of thread count is yeah. that? Oh my God! That's
2: a two thousand thread count.
1: <laughs> We've got Egyptian
2: cotton. <laughs> Nothing but the best in this that's grave.
1: Best noise ever. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh.
2: Ooh. <laughs> ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we appear to have buried a turkey alive. <laughs> Just pecking at the door. <laughs> we
0: thought it was a turkey, but it's bad sheets.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we thought it was a turkey. <laughs>
2: Why are they
1: burying a turkey? <laughs> It's a different time. No. Uh. <laughs> 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 uh.
2: Well that that is that's a report on uh Victor Lustig, so there's so many so much mystery ab- about him. <laughs> the stuff that we do know, it's it was a wild well, what a wild life.
0: Started uh. his life uh on a on a little bed <laughs> and um yeah, ended it. Buried alive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sheets can't die. <laughs> 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 this is the biggest tragedy. Oh, <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> sheets can't die. He's still alive now. Well, I've said it. it before, but
0: he's still under there. He's been there for nigh on seventy years. <laughs> One good thing doesn't come to an end. <laughs> the life, love these bed shit. sheets. Oh. Oh.
1: Oh. Kill me now. <laughs> 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 That's truly one of the stupidest riffs <laughs> <laughs> we've ever got on. I loved it. I loved it. But it was so dumb. <laughs> a man made a sheets, Still alive. He's buried alive. He doesn't need oxygen. He's not going to suffocate in there. He's a Sheets. sheets. <laughs> oh, that hurt. Okay, cool.
2: Well, that does bring us to the end of the
0: report part of the episode. Fantastic report. Amazing well. report. Thank you. I learned Thank so much, much about sheets.
1: I learned a lot about you. Okay. And I love yeah.
2: you more. <laughs> and we also learned about the Ponzi scheme. That was a fun fact. Yeah, that's crazy.
0: I also, I got a, a message from my mum. Huh? Let me read it to you. He reads them all out, by the way, <laughs> if you're new to the show.
1: <laughs> he always reads messages from his... Uh,
0: she wrote saying, the 19- this is... She hasn't been listening or anything. This is just coincidental. But she wrote, the 1925 season saw the admission of three new clubs, Footscray, Hawthorne and North Melbourne. So that's the Bulldogs, the Hawks and the Kangaroos. I think I s- that's what I said. Is yeah. it? I don't remember. I changed from Richmond because I think Richmond were actually 1908. Right. Memory. Oh. What, 1912. Doesn't matter. Look it up. I scrubbed the whole thing from my <laughs> memory.
1: Yeah. I don't know anything. But That's
0: pretty good that I remembered that anyway. I'm yeah. impressed by myself. Thanks, Mum. Well done. <laughs> And my mum my mum
1: mum messaged because I said my parents were not watching and she messaged me and said, we are watching. And there was no emojis or anything, so I think she mad at me.
0: No, that's just how boomers tweet.
1: No, she loves an emoji. She loves a little kissy face one. She puts it at the end of every message because she loves to give me little kisses.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, maybe my parents
1: hate you. I reckon your siblings get little kisses, I reckon. And by watching, we, of course,
2: mean uh, we did a live stream. The Our parents haven't hacked the security system of the studio <laughs> and aren't watching us through a camera.
1: My dad couldn't figure out how to buy tickets to this, so I, I don't think he could hack the security system,
0: yeah. if I'm honest. But anyway, if the cameras aren't rolling now. The parents can't hear. <laughs>
2: but if you did miss the first two live streams, we are doing the next two Saturdays. There's still two live streams to come it's
0: out. Really been some of them. I, I don't know if it's because I've been bottled up at home for the six and a half days <laughs> mm. that coming in here is even more exciting uh, than normal, and I'm normally excited. But it's been so much fun, these first two. I'm, I'm really looking forward to next week already. Yeah. Um, but... It is now time for everyone's favourite segment of the show. It's the fact, quote, or question segment, which I think has a a little jingle.
1: Fact, quote, or question.
0: And you can get involved in this if you go to patreon.com slash pod and you support us. There's a bunch of different levels. One of them is called the DB Cooper level, which now gets you from next month three bonus episodes. That's right, that no one else hears. Sorry, say again? A mini report, some sort of a random... Uh, episode could be about anything and a third new one which is about the movies of brendan fraser (laughs) so like a a phrase recap show where we go through all the movies of brendan fraser uh, and it's called phrasing the bar (laughs) which uh it turns out i possibly accidentally stole that name from the Mic Check podcast I messaged Alexi mm-hmm. From the Mic Check podcast To say Hey mate did, did, Had you said this once before Have I accidentally Ripped this off you And he said Maybe years ago yeah. <laughs> Why are you? But like the 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 sort of subtext was why are you telling me this? Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. And I said, is it is it okay uh, for us to call it? Out? And he said, yeah, of course. But you got to plug my new podcast, which is Total Reboot, which is so good. It's one of my favorite podcasts where they go through movies that have been uh, ripped off, rebooted, or one other thing recast. That wouldn't be it, but it's another. So
2: re- is there a possibility that they may do an episode on phrasing the bar because you ripped off their idea?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh wow!
0: But they've done they so. They do series. So they've done Star Wars uh, and then the movies that inspired Star Wars, starting with some – I think it was a, maybe a Japanese cowboy movie or something from memory. Wow, cool. But, yeah, a bunch of different ones. Um, so I, I would highly recommend listening to that podcast. There's Mike Check as well, which is about the movies of Mike Myers. Mm-hmm. Uh, much fun. Yeah, Cameron and Alexi, who host, that are both very, very funny. I reckon right. two of the most talented podcasters in the business. And uh, I've been on episodes of of those shows. So, you know <laughs> – you know it's good quality. <laughs> They're letting me on. <laughs> Probably two of the weaker episodes of both those shows, but still. Uh, anyway, so you can get involved at uh, the Patreon. And one of the levels, the Sydney Scheinberg Memorial, rest in peace level, uh, means you get to give us a factor quote or a question. You also get to give yourself a title, and we read two of those out each week. I don't read them out till I read them out. Uh, that'll make sense if I fumble on something soon. That's me sort of pre-apologising. Yeah. Uh, so the first one is from Thomas Doppelrider, and he's given himself the title of official quiz for Dugo Patreons. Huh. Oh, wow. Dave, how do you feel about that? That's okay. Uh, you don't look okay. You don't look okay. You look <laughs> furious. That's kind of, I would have thought that would have been almost the exact title you'd give yourself. I'm happy to share with
2: oh. someone as great as. Thomas. He like, is furious. <laughs> he
0: is oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> his,
1: his fists, they are clenched. Oh, fists of like fury that, over here.
0: Like that Arthur meme? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he is now
0: a human embodiment of the yeah, Arthur meme. Yeah, name. of whatever that animal is. Advark. Oh. Wow, they did not nail that in the drawing. Um, <laughs> I don't think they wear glasses or sweaters.
2: <laughs> I
0: actually would be excited if he is the official quizmaster and gives us
2: some quizzes because oh. I, love, I love to play yeah. trivia
0: oh actually Thomas are you the Thomas who who does a monthly quiz and he, and he posts it on the Patreon group oh
2: of course and then there's always a, a the connection
0: you post nine questions and then the tenth one
2: is what? what's the connection between these questions some of them are very hard oh cool Thomas honestly
0: if you really want to earn this title uh, next time I have to do a Patreon bonus episode that's a random topic you need to send me that quiz and I'll read it out to Jess and Dave If you really want to live up to your name and save me from having to write a quiz myself, (laughs)
2: are you man enough? (gasps) Huh?
0: (laughs) That's fun. I love that idea of, um, yeah, like, guilting someone into doing your work. Yeah, outsourcing it. What, are you man enough to do my work for me? I bet you're not. Let's find out.
1: If he loves a quiz, has he asked a question?
0: He has asked a question. Ah. Well done. And his question. Starts like this: As the official quiz master of the group, it is my duty to ask a question. Of course. Very good. Yes, it's a good stuff. If you could invite a guest to bracket no limitations close bracket, or in America they'd call that some other word, I forget what, but parentheses. anyway, parentheses. Parentheses. Thank you. Uh, to to your pod. So, if you could invite a guest with no limitations to your pod to present a topic, who would it be, and why would it be? So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because he's the official fourth beetle of the pod. Of course. Uh, we would love
2: to watch him work with our, without notes.
0: Yeah. And we have done that multiple times, so it, it almost feels like that would be a waste of a no-limitations guest yeah. possibility. Uh, but, yeah.
1: That's hard.
0: Meso, he would be the first. If, if it was just one ever, it would have to be Meso. But out of interest, maybe. Who else would you have? What about
2: like a great educator like um, Carl Sagan?
0: Great. I mean, talk about... Obviously, he's no longer with
2: us, but come in and talk about space, which I find absolutely fascinating, but don't know that much about. And he knew everything about it. Yeah, it'd be great if yeah, he. Yeah, that'd came be in. cool.
0: What about? I was picturing Neil deGrasse Tyson, but he's, he's the, the new people. Carl Sagan. He, oh, gotcha.
2: You know the the show that he did. That was a remake of Carl Sagan's show. Oh, ah,
1: yeah.
0: right. Well, that's why I've connected them. What uh, about Dolly Bop?
1: No, I was thinking Billy Connolly.
0: Oh, yeah. oh, I just loved up loved having a chat. Totally, it'd be so cool for him to come in and tell the origin story of his bit about. A wee jobby in the shoe. <laughs> you
1: heard
0: that bit? Of course, I've heard that bit. Yes. Was, is that where he accidentally found himself in the away section of a of a, uh, the Glasgow derby or something like that?
1: Oh, uh, I've heard it for
0: a long time. I got, yeah. got it on CD somewhere. Yeah. A wee jobby, and he was drink, talking about drinking bovril.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, he'd be that. It's be. like
1: you wouldn't even. Ha- we wouldn't give him a topic. It would just be like talk. Yeah. And we hit record.
0: Oh, that'd be. so We'd good. go
1: for ages, and it would be amazing.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think. How about I'd love to get uh, some Aussie music guru. So it'd probably be either Molly Meldrum Mm -hmm. or Richard Kingsmill. Oh yeah, Richard the King Kingsmill. (laughs) I was yeah, he'd be great. I was thinking of who's that guy? Where's the hats? Uh, Where's the hats? uh glenn a baker okay glenn a baker a, you remember glenn a baker no. <laughs> he used to be on everything as the music expert
1: right and he wears hats
0: he always wore a hat
1: much like Ringless molly hat
0: yes I, is that how you become a music expert in australia yes you just have to wear a hat uh so i reckon i'd get one of them on and, and do some sort of history of australian music yeah cool that'd be interesting be real cool great question thank you so much thomas uh, and the second fact quote or question of this week is Kelly Clark, who's given herself the title of philosophical – oh, oh great. Uh, phenomenologist. <laughs> She's written it out phonetically. Go again. Philosophical phen- phenomenologist. Phenom- Can you – Like phenomena? Phenomenologist. Phenomenologist. <laughs> phenomenologist. I'm gonna. Th- I honestly, that made it harder. I'm gonna have a crack at reading as it's written. Philosophical phenomenologist. Yeah, it definitely is easy just to read the word <laughs> and read it pho- phonetically. Anyway, um, so she's the philosophical phenomenologist of okay. the pod. <laughs> do do, do, do. <laughs> uh, And ph- phenomena. <laughs> and I thought you were going to do the X Files theme. <laughs> He has, Kelly's given us a quote, and her quote is, or it starts with a preamble here. Hey, hey Matt, stop for a sec and read this in your head first. Okay. <laughs> to uh, put into a slash indicator. It's <laughs> not in your head. Okay. A person. <laughs> wait, hang on. I've put in. Her <laughs> okay. Okay. Here is the quote. A person. Is an entity of the sort to which the only proper and adequate way to respond is love. That's Carol Voitiwa.
2: Can we have the uh, quote one more time in a sentence? No, I missed that
0: because uh, so she's put in these pauses for me to use. A person is an entity of the sort to which the only proper and adequate way to respond. ...is love. Why are there those pauses? I'm not not sure. Okay. Uh, But there's another paragraph here. For Vojtewa... I'm glad she's written the pronunciation for this... ...because I would have said... (laughs) ...Watla. Wodschla. But it's Vojtewa. For Vojtewa... ...the opposite of love isn't hate but use. That is, you can't really hate non-people... ...like trees, cars, accountants... ...so hating someone is at least acknowledging them as a person. Love in was writings, isn't a feeling, it's an action. It means actively wanting and working towards the good of the person who is loved.
1: It's, we've all gone quiet because none of us I'm have ever known love. Yeah.
2: What is this word? What so, is
0: love?
1: What is,
2: is love? Are you sure you're saying it correctly? she put the pronunciation for love in there?
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll, read, I'll, Love-y. I'll read it one more time without the gaps if... Um, A person is an entity of the sort to which the only proper and adequate way to respond is love.
1: Well, that's nice.
0: Yeah, I think that is nice.
2: Thank you so much, Kelly. That's one of the nicest
0: quotes we've read out, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love the variety uh, there. Uh, Thank you so much, Kelly.
1: Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. Kelly.
0: And uh, the other thing we, of course, do in this patron section of the show, everyone's favourite section of the show, is thank a few other patrons. Uh, who are on a different level, or any level above that level? I forget what level it is. Geez, I make our Patreon sound more complicated than it is. <laughs> if you go to the Patreon page, it's pretty obvious. It's yeah. all very obviously set out. Uh, so, Dave, uh, do you want to kick this one off? Because I think you found where we're up to. Yes, we're but still going back through the people we have missed. But Jess hasn't come up with how we're going to thank these oh, people. Of course. I, would,
1: I think we should give them uh, an alias because oh, yeah. we know our mate. Whatever the fuck his name was. Yeah, Victor Lustig. He had heaps. Okay,
2: Robert V. Miller, a.k.a. 40 other names.
1: So, and, and I demonstrated earlier how good I am at thinking up names. Yes,
0: you are so good. So
1: I think we should give them an alias for their crime spree. <laughs> that
0: sounds great to me. Fantastic. All right. All right, who's going to kick this off? You want me to? Or do you want to, Dave?
2: No, it's okay. I can think... Uh, things up, because we're just we're starting very international. I was just double-checking the country code. That's oh, how cool. international we are here. I would like to thank,
0: from Iceland, Ooh. Uh, which we love to have... See the Iceland international code. I I- see. IS. IS. Ah. Uh. Yeah, just to double-check. Uh, thank
2: you so much. And these are still people that we've missed along the way. Because yep. we've had a few names and the system was a bit jumbled, so we do apologise that we've uh, missed you before, but we've saved a great name here. Bjarki stein Peterson.
0: Oh, fantastic uh, name. Bjarke you were the right man because you love Iceland. You've been there. Oh, probably you speak the
2: language. Best country I've ever been, that's right. And that's the eight days I was there, I did pick up every single word of Iceland. Wow, oh. good for you. Uh, especially Bjarki stein Peterson. Why
0: would you? I mean, firstly, Bjarki's not ever going to have a pseudonym, are they? Why would you with a name like that?
1: To blend in. Oh to blend in, okay. you'd have a
0: name. Just standing out as the best person.
1: Totally. But then you're on a crime spree. You've yeah. got to blend in. You've got to be like Steve Smith or something. You know,
0: if Biaki robbed my house, I'd forgive. I'd say, of course, have whatever you need, Biaki. <laughs> yeah. What a fantastic name. Thanks so much Please, for dropping welcome. by. Yeah. You've enriched my life. Yeah. And yourself. Yeah. With my belongings. But yes. what about, as a, an alias, his name is Michael
2: Wachowski.
0: Ah, where have you pulled that from?
2: Oh, it just came to my head, sounded like a cool name.
0: Yeah, I like it. And you're confident Biaki is a male name? I was just thinking that. Oh, actually, not at all.
1: So go, let's go a gender neutral name. Michael. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mikkel. What about Jesse? Jesse. I
1: was going to say Jamie.
0: Jamie. Let's go Jamie. Jamie. Jamie Loville. Oh, oh, that's yeah, good. Fantastic. fantastic work there. Great one. Two options to choose from.
1: Yaki
2: Stein-Peterson from thank Iceland. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I would also like to thank now from a uh, Cromer in Great Britain, Caden Banford. Caden oh, Banford. Another cracking name. This a also name. That, that's a great alias as well, Caden Banford.
0: Yeah, that's really good. But on what are you trying to hide, Caden? It's <gasps> your real name? Caden's fake. Let's p- give Caden a real name. <laughs>
1: Hayden's name is...
0: Okay. uh, I like... I really like the name Philippe. Philippe. You work with that?
1: Philippe.
0: Navidad. (laughs) Navidad.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Philippe Navidad. Just to blend in.
2: (laughs) 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 Hayden Bamford, okay. Philippe Navidad. Thank you so much for supporting the show. That's brilliant. And um, you're welcome when you're blending in and sneaking through customs next time.
1: Uh, May I please thank some people as well? Please do. I would love to thank from, what's NE in the
0: States, Dave? New England. (laughs) 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 That's not a state though, is it? No, it is. Is I
1: panics.
0: (laughs) No, that's an area because Massachusetts is New England as well. NE. Because that's where the Patriots are from. I think that's a whole region.
1: Nebraska, which we were talking
2: about on
0: this very episode. Awesome. Yes, a few times. Oh, were we talking about that? We might have talked about that in the A live stream. That's right, it was in the live stream. I I was saying the fact that I just learnt this week on another Planet Broadcasting podcast, a new one called Hat Jam, which I'd highly recommend for people who are um, uh, creatively minded perhaps or into music. Uh, It's a podcast where Kev Templey from Eskimo Joe has a musician guest. And the episode I listened to was with Kevin Mitchell from Jabidiya. And they play this game where they put uh, songs into a hat and every past guest has as well. And they pick two songs out of the hat one is to inspire a verse and one is to inspire the chorus. Oh, wow. And then they write a song by the end of the episode. And during the episode, Kevin Mitchell said the fact that um, the Nebraska album by Bruce Springsteen was a, just a demo album that he liked so much that he, it ended up being the final product. So it's a real lo-fi oh. album for that reason. Yeah,
2: that's a really cool podcast idea too. And also in the... Uh Oh, that was also at the start of the stream. Don't worry, I was just, I'm wearing a Connor Oberst t-shirt, and uh, he's also from Nebraska. Which there we're you going. go. That's
1: and right. this person from Nebraska is losing their fucking mind because they're not sure if it's them or not. Is uh, it you, Connor Oberst? <laughs> I would love to thank Gabriel Tice Bruton. Oh. or <laughs> Bruton? Oh,
0: we're, we're on a. On Where a are we pulling today? these
1: fantastic, fantastic names from? Name. Gabriel, thank you so much. Love that. Okay, Dave, have you thought of a name yet?
0: Uh, yes. Navidad.
1: Oh, Navidad, of course. Give us a th- first name.
0: Okay. Um,
1: Any first name. Christian Oof.
0: Feliciano. Oh, that's good.
2: Christian Feliciano. That is good. That is good. Gabriel, what do you think? I think you're quietly satisfied
1: with yeah, that. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, uh, I would
0: yeah, also... Go, Gabriel, go listen to Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska. Let us know what you think
1: um thank you so much gabriel you've redone it <laughs> i
0: would love Should to you have thank... added a few overdubs
1: i'd <laughs> love to thank uh from cork in Ooh. ireland what cool. laura o'day
0: oh, oh. laura o'day that's a hollywood name if i've ever heard one yep amazing all right let me kick this off yes uh with the name miguel
1: miguel
0: have i said that right if lo- not, it's a new name.
1: Okay. Miguel for Laura. It's it's Miguel, Miguel, isn't it? Miguel <laughs> is fine too. Miguel O'Hara. Oh.
0: Miguel O'Hara. So what you've changed her surname from O'Day to O'Hara. Yeah. Mm. I was listening to a podcast last <laughs> night with Catherine O'Hara as a guest. Huh. She was a guest on Conan with Eugene Levy. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> you're relating everything back to podcasts podcast you've been listening to? <laughs> well, lockdown has meant that I'm listening to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. I think it. Miguel O'Hara is a sick name. That is a great name. That's yeah, good. But, I mean, you started with a great name. So yeah, thanks so much, Laura. Yeah, started okay. at the top and Ooh. now you're here. Still at the top. And Maddie Stew bringing it home. Okay, if I may, I would He's... love to thank uh, a couple of more names that we have accidentally skipped over. Firstly, from Toronto in Canada, mm. the uh, second city actually where Catherine O'Hara and Gene Levy were in the second city uh, improv troupe <laughs> and where they <laughs> started again. SCTV. Again. He's incredible. Uh, which appara- oh, I have never saw, but apparently it was a super influential comedy show from oh. the 70s and 80s maybe. Cool. And uh, I'd love to thank from Toronto... Anna Rain. Oh. Making it rain. Oh, making These it
1: These names rain. are insane today. No. Good.
0: I mean, we always have great names, but they feel like they're okay. Okay. even better than normal somehow.
1: Someone give me a first name.
0: All right. Teresa. Storm. Oh. That's a superhero.
1: Oh. good good's that? I mean, Therese's
0: Storm is a superhero, but still.
1: Teresa Storm, though. Yeah.
0: That's oh, all That's better. good. I you have made it even better.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Teresa Storm, a.k.a. Yeah. Anna oh, rain. I see
0: where you got it from because of rain. Rain, yes. I, yeah, it, was,
1: it wasn't really that clever of me.
0: It's pretty clever. It sounded good though. Yeah, exactly. And that's all that matters. Thank you so much, Anna Rain from Toronto. Sorry, Teresa Storm. Thank you. <laughs> and finally, I would love to thank from Pittsburgh, Penguin Country in the United States. And we have not stopped with the quality of names. Ashley Van Morick. Oh my God, Morick? Van Morik. I, I love I'm finding a van name. Van. A little Morik. Yum yum yum. <laughs> I love a van. Yeah, I love a van. I love a van. I Love any kind of transportation. Yep. but Vans are particularly good. All right, you got a surname, anyone?
1: I got a surname. Right, Dusty Tugboat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Blending right
1: in. sick get more transportation. That's a real,
0: that's a real uh, low rent stripper name.
1: <laughs> Dusty tugboat. Dusty's
0: fantastic. Welcome to the stage. Love the name Dusty, Dusty, Dusty tugboat. <laughs> 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 They're always tooting. He's got a, real, he's got a few tricks up his sleeve. He comes out in a costume as a tugboat. <laughs> and he tugs like another, like behind him. There's a. Another um, stripper dressed as a big ship <laughs> and he's sort of tugging <laughs> him along.
1: He's like a scrawny <laughs> stripper who, like, comes out just before the really ripped ones.
0: And <laughs> and he's str- strangely and strong. strong. And they also tap dance like, like those Australian strippers do. Or I'm merging two. I'm merging s- the musical Stomp. With, uh, <laughs> which? What's the Australian strippers? Men at work or something? I oh, manpower. power. Man and power. power. So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just know that. <laughs> uh, Thank
1: you so much, Dusty, Dusty Tugboat. <laughs>
2: like you couldn't hand over that passport without getting a million questions. <laughs> Sorry, your name is Dusty Tugboat. Well, yes, is an alias, but I I'm mean,
0: all... I, mean I would love to see Simon, if he's still listening, Simon on, on Twitter, Simon Morgan Esquire, uh, he illustrates a lot of bad riffs from the show and tweets them. I would love to see you put yeah. those six people, those six aliases in a photo somehow. Good luck, Simon. Good luck, Simon. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yes, thank you to all of them. Um, and, yeah, like I say, if you want to get involved in that, you can get on board at patreon.com slash Uh The last thing we do with the Patreon section is in- induct a few people into the triptych Club. So people who have been on the shout-out level or above for three years um, get invited into the very exclusive Triptych Club. Mm. It's behind a velvety rope. And Jess has normally got some sort of hors d'oeuvre and a cocktail organised as they enter, as I uh, just double-check if we have anyone on the guest list tonight. And we do.
1: Wonderful. Tonight we've got a, um, a Thai theme. Okay. Actually. So uh, hors d'oeuvres, we've got uh, mini spring rolls, uh, vegetarian. Uh, there's also some curry puffs, some satay chicken skewers. Lava curry puff, please. Uh, um, and uh, prawn crackers. I had Thai the other night, and I just ate the whole bag of prawn crackers. It was the fucking best. <laughs> we had
0: prawn cocktails last week. It, am, am I to assume that you've got some leftover prawn?
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, and, um, to make the crackers. What about to
0: drink? My ties. Oh, they're yummy.
1: <laughs> Which I went too hard on in Thailand.
0: Oh, what are them? Are they green? Are they are green drink? It was, it was orange. orange.
1: Yeah, orange. they're usually orange.
0: Okay, well, I'm looking forward to having a little sip. Uh, So who's having a sip with us today? Having a sip from West Yorkshire, beautiful country, oh. God's country. Stephen Groom. Stephen Groom from Mount Waverley, near where I went to university. It's Stephen Edmonds. Ooh. Oh. a couple of Steves. And from VA, Dave, is that your favourite state, Vermont or v- Virginia? Virginia. Virginia. One of the first states. I think I've said in the past the first state. Yeah. And been corrected every time. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm he doesn't stick with learn. It. The first state <laughs> in, in America, hearts. Virginia. It's John Shearer. Grab a cocktail, grab a nibbly, make yourself comfortable, uh, mingle with the others. There's a few of you in here now. I reckon there's a good, good 30, 40 people in there. Yeah. It's so becoming yeah. a real party. Yeah, It is. It's actually, we've opened up the annex last week. And And yeah. Um, yeah, mingle. Uh, and Dave's also going to put your name up on the website on a special page. Right. And uh, I will be... ...Gold Lettering.
2: There's going to be a live band.
0: Yeah? Who's in it? Um... Is it a, Gary, like. A, it's Gary Gary Beers from Inexcess? Gary S- Gary S- Beers in there. So it's I some sort know. of an all star band yeah. group. Can Chris Cornell be in there? Chris Cornell. Living and Dead? Is it that kind of yeah, band? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, great. Chris Cornell, um, Louis Armstrong. Oh my oh God. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a lot of heavy hitters. Uh, can uh, we Dusty, get Dol- Dusty Springfield, of yeah. course. Can we got Dolly in there as Dusty well. Dusty and
2: Dolly, they're, um, they take it in turns to be
0: backup for each other.
1: Oh, that's Back nice. Backup for each
0: other, right. So they
1: then one go
0: solo, the other one's back up. Right. Keep swapping it out. they're sort of rotating. We've got, a, a, f- we got three front. We've got three front sickers. people. Three front people is not a phrase that's taken off.
1: <laughs> there's, no, there's no, like, um, fighting or anything. They're all very
0: supportive. Yeah. They just love the music. It's not Fleetwood Mac. No. Uh, no. And who's on drums, of course. It's a fantastic... Daryl Summers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, the greatest drummer Australia has ever known. <laughs> when I think drums, I think Daryl Summers. Lemmy on bass. Now, that oh, is a yeah. hot band. Oh. I don't know what this sound like. He will be. not look at the audience. No. He's <laughs> looking oh, up. Trudy. He's too good for us. Oh, not, although the Triptage Club, he'll maybe make an exception. Maybe. They're the only people who'll ever look in the <laughs> yeah. eye. It's amazing. The high class of uh, guests in there. Anyway, that pretty much brings us to the end of this episode. It
2: does. Uh, thank you so much for, for listening. If you want to get in contact with us, we've got a website, com. It's got links to the Patreon. you can suggest an episode. We've got merchandise. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at dogoonpod and, you know, knock yourselves out with our back catalogue if you haven't heard them all because we have over 230 episodes. Now. This is episode
0: yeah. 235. Wild. Wild. All right. Well, uh, as we say here nearly every week, thanks so much for joining us and suck. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network.
1: Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's, It's up to you.